Hello everyone, this is John. Thank you for dropping by my YouTube and podcast, Catholic for Rednecks. If you're interested in becoming Catholic or learning about the faith, if you're just curious or intrigued or maybe looking for some junk, you have found the right place because I love to do videos, podcasts about the Holy Catholic Church. I was born and raised Southern Baptist in the great state of Alabama. And all, I'm just a redneck, but um, I was born and raised in a different church than I'm in now. I even went to seminary out in Oklahoma, and um, I spent 50 years in the Baptist Pentecostal churches and found myself wanting to be a Catholic. Come on in, listen. I'm frozen. Uh, okay. uh-huh. No one can. Is, no one can see my bobblehead are frozen. Okay. I'm just making movement in case you can see me. If anyone. You move like a little bit and then you cut out. There you are. Uh, what about now? You're fine. Okay, there you are. You. you can't hear me. Okay. I can hear you. Where, where are you? Are you? You must be in another country or something. Bad satellite. <laughs> no, I'm in. I'm in. Um, well, maybe yeah, it's Washington D.C. Oh, so. okay. I just. I was just up there. What? Yeah. What do you do in Washington? Thanks, Jr. What do you do in Washington? I'm going to college for neurology. Oh, are you going to be up? And. Uh, I'm going to be a neuropsychologist, I hope. A neuropsychologist. So Yes. Um and I'm I'm a little bit familiar with neurosurgeons. I've met a few and yeah. neurologists, O'Connor, oh, I get them all mixed up. When I think of neurologists, I'm thinking of like brain disease yes yes brains yes it's that's what it is it's like a neuropsychologist is someone who studies um like mental disorders from the uh, brain's perspective and that's why you want to talk to me because you want to diagnose me to see what's wrong uh, no <laughs> no my um friend michael uh reached yeah. out yeah yeah he did he sure did highly he recommend did. you and, you know, I've been looking for someone out there. I'm trying to find someone that's had, a, like, a, a visit from the Virgin Mary. Yeah, I, um, I've i had a few, like, spiritual experiences. Um, my first spiritual experience, I was four years old. And I, rem- I just have this memory. I'm 30 now, so wow. it's been a while but I just have this very strong memory of the Virgin Mary being in my room and Jesus sitting on my bed when I was four years old and she took my hands and she asked me if I wanted to belong only to him and I said yes and she put my hands in his hands and told me I had to protect my purity and my innocence and um, I ran and told my mom and then my mom told me well that's what a nun does Um, they marry Jesus, they give themselves only to him. So ever since I was four, I wanted to be a nun. So. Yeah. So are you going to be an Anna Nero? 
Can you see me? Now? I can't. I can't hear you. There you are. Okay. So you're gonna be? Are you still gonna be a nun in addition to being? Yeah, I definitely um, feel called to religious life. Um, I was in the military, so I have some PTSD. I was in a war zone. Really? And yeah. Um, what were you in the military? Which branch? I was in the Navy. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was like in the Navy. It's actually really ironic because I, I was a missionary before I joined the military. So I was in Mexico and the Philippines. I went there twice and did um, humanitarian um, missions and taught English to orphans and everything. And then God called me into the military, and so I joined the Navy. And he told me to become a corpsman, so I became a corpsman. Oh, and yeah. then, yeah, and that's actually how I became Catholic. Oh, um, really? Yeah, because when I was third or when I was fifteen years old, I begged my mom to enter the monastery because I couldn't wait anymore. And she finally told me that I wasn't officially Catholic. They were only Catholic in like the fact that I'm part Native American and it's part of our culture, but like never was like officially confirmed. So I made out a God when I was 15 that I would become Catholic. Yeah. And none. So when I entered the Navy, I finally had the chance to become Catholic. And it was like the craziest experience because what happened was I got stationed in Rhode Island and my duty station, they donated flat screen TVs to the barracks. And um, I never had a TV. I, I, I'm from like the middle of nowhere, Montana. Okay, so like I grew up on a ranch, you know, we didn't have time for that and we didn't get cable or that wasn't a thing. So I just turned it on to see how it worked because I didn't know you had to pay for it or I didn't know anything about it. And then it turned on to EWTN and that was the only channel that would play. So the guys would come, yeah, they would come over to my, my barracks would be like, hey, let's watch a football game. And I'm like, sorry, I only get this one channel. <laughs> and then, um, so somebody was paying my cable bill. I have no idea. And wow. I would watch EWTN every day um, on my lunch break. So I'd go to the hospital. I'd work in the hospital. And I'd come back to the, the barracks. And I'd watch EWTN. And they were talking about, like, the rosary. So I prayed on my fingers because I didn't have a, a rosary at the time. And then um, they started talking about the Eucharist. And I'm like, what is the Eucharist? Like, what is that? And then they started talking about confirmation. And so all of a sudden, I just felt this pull in my heart. Like, I need to get confirmed, but I didn't understand it. So I called my mom. And I'm like, mom, like, I feel called to go to confirmation. And she's like, that's Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, you can't do that. And I'm really? like, oh, okay. So... I went to work and told one of the nurses, and she happened to be the leader of the RCIA. Oh, my. I mean, yeah. God, really, he's like running. Oh, yeah. And then when I went to RCIA, it was so awesome because it was a literal confirmation because they were talking about the dogmas. They were talking about the Immaculate Conception um, and things like that, and I already believed that. Like, yeah. that was something I was like, oh, my God, you guys believe what I believe. Like, that's what I believe. And then they were talking about the saints. And I was very close with St. Patrick yeah. and St. Francis of Assisi and Padre Pio and Mother Teresa. Like, they were like, you know, tell me um, 
so they were like, yeah, we believe in communion of the saints. And I'm like, duh, when you die, you go to heaven, you're alive. You're not dead in yeah. heaven. So like, I'm like, well, a lot like, of people are confused about that, aren't they? Yeah, I was like, that that's a no-brainer. Like, if I have eternal life with Christ and I go to heaven, then why can't I pray for people till Jesus comes back? Yeah. You know, so I was like, and then, um, but it was so awesome. And then they were really shocked because they were, they never met a Protestant because I was raised Protestant who like believed the dogma. <laughs> and I just like, it was so cool. And then, um, Michaela said, can you see what Michaela just said? Michaela Cash, can you read the comments? Uh, it says something about God of the living, not dead. Yeah. I mean, people think that, uh, when grandma and everybody passes on, that they're dead. Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not dead in the grave. Well, yeah, but we believe in the resurrection of the body. Um, you know, like God said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. And when you look at the history of, like, the Jewish culture and the Greeks and where our faith comes from, the Greeks believed in the, um, the body, the resurrection, and the Jews believed in the soul. And God's like, they're, it's both. You know, it's the resurrection of the body and the soul. Um, and so he actually would have been considered a Hellenistic Jew because that was like the, the Jewish faith of the um, Maccabees was Hellenism, where they, they had the combined, the fullness of the faith. They believed in the resurrection of the body and the soul. Because a, a, a lot of Jews didn't no, they don't. After no. life. There's two sects. It's either one or the other. It's either you have an internal soul or um, you. it's like we. the soul is just part of our mind and it's the body. So, right. yeah. But the Christ, you know, he died and rose again. He gave us the Holy Spirit. So, but yeah. So anyways, it was really awesome. So I got, I became a part of the Legion of Mary. And then I started like realizing that I'd had many experiences with the Virgin Mary, I just thought they were normal. Like, I thought everybody had these experiences. Like, this was just, like, not even a big deal. Um, one of my experiences, my brother, I had a brother that died. When Sorry. He was, his name was Thomas. Thomas. And, yeah. And it was really tragic. He, he lived to be 10 days old, and my mom cried for, like, two years. And I remember, like, the two years later, I had this – dream that the Virgin Mary was holding my two-year-old baby brother with baby Jesus and telling me to tell my mom to stop crying that he was all right and it was just like so cool and so and she told me something else like only my mom would know and I just remember I I'm just like 12 years old I'm just a dumb kid so I go to my mom and I'm like mom stop crying the Virgin Mary said to stop crying and you know whatever else she said that was like a sign for my mom. And then I was like, my, you know, Thomas is in heaven. He's fine. And I really believe in like, you know, that the Lord loves and protects life and that there's such thing as like a baptism in the womb. And if you look at um, John the Baptist, he was like baptized in the womb and things like that. So I do think that it is possible for like innocence, like for God to like, if the intention is there to baptize in the womb and things like that. Um, like Jeremiah, like it yeah. says, Jeremiah. 
but I can't say like what extent of paradise they really get to experience because I know that like the extent of like our knowledge in heaven is based on our relationship on earth. So it's like, that's why it's so sad when people wait till their last moment to get saved. It's like beautiful that they get to be with Christ. But I feel like, you know, when you die, I'd rather have a 50 year relationship with Christ and die with this, like we've been married for 50 years mm-hmm. and go to heaven with that romance of like, this, I know I have 50 years of proof that you know me inside and out, that yeah. you love me despite everything that you've been, you've been with me through everything for 50 years. I can trust you. I'd rather go to heaven with that than go to heaven with a crush where you're like, Oh my God, I don't, uh, I don't know who you are, Lord. I just know that I love you and you're beautiful. I'd rather go knowing him and being like, Lord, remember that one time when, you know, I was down and out and you brought a friend into my life or you remember that one time I was craving cherries and you brought the, you know, gave me cherries, like things like that, like that, that relationship. Mm-hmm. I just I that. So that's what I tell God. I'm like, you can take me anytime, but I want the 50 year romance. I've never heard it like that. Before. That's not. I've never heard that before from anyone. I like that. Yeah. Well, talking about when you saw the Virgin Mary with your little brother, and yeah. your, how did your mom react to that? Being a Protestant, she stopped crying. It was yeah. weird. It was yeah. like she. Well, I was a little bit rude. Like, oh, you're freezing out again. Oh, man. Yeah. You're All right. I can hear you, though. Okay, so I just was a little, like, I guess looking back, I feel like I was a little insensitive. The way I I just was, like, it was such a big, like, I was just in shock at, like, having that experience with the Virgin Mary and my baby brother. I just was more thinking about being obedient than how it sounded when it came out of my mouth. And I was, and I was literally like, mom, just stop crying. Like I saw the Virgin Mary, like whatever. But then she, like, when I told her the sign that the Virgin Mary gave me, she stopped crying. The sign? Yeah. I don't remember the sign because I wasn't paying attention to it because it was just for my mom. So it wasn't something personal to me. Right. But it was definitely personal to my mom. And I remember, like my mom just always held on to that because only God can know. Like there's no one who, no one knew that. Yeah. You know, she hadn't told a soul. Nobody knew that. Only God knew that. So that's, you know, and then like, I've had a lot of surgeries, um, stomach surgeries. I look like a stab victim. Like somebody like (laughs) got me in an alleyway. Um, And, So every time I've gone under for surgery, I've seen the Virgin Mary with Jesus and I never see them alone. Like I never see just Mama Mary or just Jesus. It's always, always Mama Mary and Jesus. I I can't stress that enough. I never, ever, ever see them alone. What do they look like to you in your your vision? When you see them, what do they look like? They're, well, they, it's different. Like each, like each time, you know, like sometimes it's Mama Mary with baby Jesus. Like yeah. when I with my little brother, Jesus was like two years old. Like he was like yeah. a baby. Oh. Um, most of the time, it's Mama Mary with like adult Jesus. Most of the time. Um, and like, like one time I saw 
like one of my favorite experiences that I that I had in surgery was my friend going back to my friend Michael um, his mom passed away I was really close with her um, in her last moments um, before she died and right before I got into surgery I told him I'm like I see Jesus and Mary every time I go in surgery I know I'm gonna see them I'm like what do you want what do you want me to say you know and then really yeah, and then he was like, "I I want to know like how my mom's. I want to know if she's in heaven. I want to know how she, you know, how she's doing, how she looks." So I was like, "Okay, dude." And he's like, "Okay, you." He's like, "Don't worry if you don't see her. Like, there's no pressure, whatever. Like, it's okay." I'm like, "Dude, no, I'm gonna see her. Like, I know it." So I go into surgery, and Jesus and Mary are waiting for me, and so they're waiting for me with his mom. Oh, and, like. Jesus is there and he's smiling and he's looking at me and he's smiling. Mama Mary's there and she, um, so, and his mom's in the middle. So his mom's like looking at Jesus because you can't take your eyes off Jesus. Like you just can't. And then Mama Mary is like on the other side of her and Mama Mary's looking at her, looking at Jesus, looking at me. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at Jesus. I'm looking at her, looking at Mama Mary. I'm just like, oh my God, it's his, it's his mom. It's his mom. She's there. And then like, and it was just this joy because it was like, they were waiting for me, you know? And I knew it because I knew they were going to be there. So like that also made it like beautiful because I, I actually like really did believe that they were going to be there and then they were. And then, yeah. yeah. And then his mom went away and then it was just Jesus and Mary. And like yeah. all I could see was Jesus, because that's Mary's purpose. Her purpose is to be a window. Like one time I was in a monastery in Italy and I had this vision that them that Mama Mary, that she showed me her heart and her Yeah. So her heart, you know, it was the Eucharist. And then I looked at the Eucharist, and the Eucharist was the crucifixion of Jesus. Wow. And I looked at the crucifixion of Jesus, and I saw the sacred heart of Jesus. And I looked into the sacred heart of Jesus, and I saw the whole world. And it was like the most insane thing ever because, like, it's like you see Mama Mary, but her she draws you directly to the heart of Jesus. That's like, amazing. Oh, that, yeah, that is her thing. Like, she doesn't want to be a god. Like a lot of pagan religions, they're actually worshiping her. They don't even realize that, you know because they're confused they don't have the the grace of faith and because mama mary is so like full of grace and so beautiful it's hard if you don't understand god i can totally see how these people would worship her because she's full of light because she's perfect she's, how did, she has no how so, did, it, but um, they're just misaligned, and it makes her very, very sad because her whole purpose is the sacred heart of Christ, is the Eucharist. Like, she pulls us to him. And I always pray, like, I always pray this prayer, um, you know. I always say, I offer this to the sacred heart of Jesus through the intercession of the immaculate heart of Mary because Mary is without sin. She's full of grace. So imagine, like, her love is perfect. It's pure. So imagine you get to love Jesus with her love. Mm. That you get to love Jesus with perfect purity and perfect love. So whenever I receive him in communion, I always say, you know, 
Lord, I receive you through the intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, that I may receive you with her love, with mm -hmm. all, you know, of her innocence and purity. Um, so that, you know, he doesn't, my heart is a paradise and not an agony for him to be in. And then also, like, I pray, you know, I say, Immaculate Heart of Mary, sow me into the sacred heart of Jesus, that I may be united to him forever. And, like, that he'll never depart from me. That's one of my things. I'm just always praying, sow me into the sacred heart of Jesus. That's, that's a good prayer. Do you yeah. So you, have you ever had her appear to you while you're like doing the rosary? Yeah, like I've been in adoration and prayed the rosary in adoration. Yeah. And um, Jesus took me through all the sorrowful mysteries and Mama Mary was there. She's always there. Like I'm telling you, if I see Jesus, I see her. Mm -hmm. If I see her, I see Jesus. They're never apart. So it's like... I've never seen them apart. Like one time I was like my most, I think my most like, other than when I was four, my most like real, just like insane um, experience with the Virgin Mary was when I was sick. In, 20, um, in 2016, or actually no, it was like, I'm sorry, it was 2017. In 2017, I was like terminally ill. The doctors couldn't, um, and I was literally like, I was so sick that it, it, it just like was so terrible that I woke up at 11 PM, crawled to the bathroom and like puked my guts out until four in the morning wow. and then crawled back to the couch. And I was laying on the couch cause I couldn't make it to my room. I couldn't make it anywhere. And I just remember um, just like I could feel my like heart and everything just slow down. It was so scary. And the Virgin, all of a sudden I see the Virgin Mary and she's kneeling at my bedside and she has two angels with her and Jesus is standing directly behind her with his hands on her shoulders and she's praying for me and he's right there. Yeah. So like her prayers are going directly to Jesus. And, like, I just remember that, like, um, and he was, like, cloaked in purple. Like, I remember the color purple. And I just remember, like, she literally physically was kneeling, like, at my bed praying. And I could feel, I felt this agony, like, the most worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And, like, my breathing stopped, my heart stopped, and the pain lungs, like, it was so intense. And then it felt like my soul was like leaving my body and then everything slowly went dark and then i woke up the next night so i didn't come to until the next night it was 11 p.m again and all of a sudden again i was puking my guts out till four in the morning and then i like was back on the couch and mama mary was there again and this happened three times so three nights in a row exactly the same thing mama mary was there she was praying for me my soul left my body. Everything went dark. I wake up violently ill. Mama Mary's praying for me. Then by the morning of the the third, after the third night of that happening, that morning, the doctor called and said, we just figured it out. We figured out what's wrong. She needs hormone therapy. 
And so I was able to go to the doctor and get a hormone therapy implant in my arm that saved my life. And um, it's all because Mama Mary prayed for me. And she prayed for me for three days. Wow. So, like, and I've never, like, that was, like, the most intense thing. And then, like, a lot of times, like, I'll, like, see statues of her. And it's, like, I can see her emotions, like, in the statue. Like, I'll look at a statue of her, and it will either be crying or it will smile. Mm-hmm. I have a really insane healing story where I was in Italy. Again, with my health. Like, I just, I have chronic um, stomach issues, just really bad health issues. So I'm in Italy and I have to fly home because I have this like migraine that wrapped all the way around my head and I had extreme stomach pain and they had to pump my stomach twice because my body wasn't digesting any of my food. So it was really scary. So I'm in this like Italian lady's house because it's on the way to the airport and my flight's super in the morning. So the nuns take me to this lady's house. And on the wall is a picture of um, Our Lady of Chestahova. And she had the cut marks in her face. And she was, I had never seen that picture before in my life um, because I didn't become Catholic until 2012. Yeah. So, like, there was, like, a lot of the faith that, even though I knew, like, the faith and the dogmas and went to Mass every day, there was so much about, like, this the extra like spirituality that I didn't really like focus on because my focus was just like loving people for God. So, you know, that other stuff, just like the mystical stuff wasn't really, it didn't seem like a big deal to me. Well, I see this picture the first time I ever saw it and she's smiling and it's, she's like this, like full teeth, like bright smile. And she tells my heart, like, I don't hear anything. Like it's not audible. But all of a sudden in my heart, I know that I'm going to be healed when I get home. Like, I know it. And sure enough, I get home and I'm miraculously healed. Like, just completely. And it's because, it's because of her. And then, um, so yeah, that was like an experience I had with her. I've had like, I've had so many, like when I think about it in my life, like I've only heard her voice um, three times. Once when I was 12, she called my name uh, and I thought it was my mom. And she was like, Matea. And it sounded like a mom, like it really did. It was so sweet and soft and like a mother, it's like someone that needed you, like it sounded urgent. And she's like, Matea. So I run down the stairs and then I'm like, mom, yeah, yeah, mom, what's up? Like, can I help you? And then my mom was like, dude, go back to sleep. It's like, midnight like I ain't calling you like it's fine go back to sleep so I run upstairs I'm like very obedient kid so I'm like okay and then I hear the voice it wakes me up it's like mom mom you know so like I run down same thing mom my mom's like dude I'm tired it's Mm -hmm. like you know one in the morning dude just go to sleep you're you're fine it's not real on the third time before I even made it down the stairs, I don't know if my mom was alerted or what, but my mom met me halfway up the stairs and told me, oh my God, it's like God's calling you and you got to say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. And so I was like, that sounds rude, but okay. Because it just like, I couldn't demand God to talk to me. I'm not going to just tell him speak, you know, <laughs> like that just was too much for me. So I, I tried to do it really politely 
and I was like, okay, Jesus, like, if you, if you want to, like, whatever you want to say, I'm listening, like, it's okay, and then Mama Mary started speaking to me, it's actually Mama Mary, and she kept telling scripture, that's another thing, how I know it's her, Mama Mary always quotes scripture, she doesn't say anything that is not in line with the faith, yeah. she doesn't say anything that is not literally from the Bible, just literally just quoted scriptures and was like, you know, my son was 12 years old when he was in his father's house doing his father's work. And she just kept saying things like that. And then pretty soon I was like, I'm 12 years old. You know, like, oh my God, I'm 12 years old. I want to be in God's house doing his work. So, um, yeah. So then I felt called to be a, a missionary and I went to Mexico. So that was the start. The second time I heard the voice of Mary, I was in the Navy and I had told a priest about hearing the voice of Mary when I was young before, and he didn't really trust it. Like he was like, you know, this could be demonic, uh, which you definitely have to vet because Satan can definitely appear as Jesus or Mary because he's an angel of the light. So that's what he does. Um, so the priest told me that I needed to, you know, be very careful um, and uh, like if I felt any sort of discomfort I needed to tell it to go away or stop yeah and so yeah so he psyched me out a little bit and then so I just told it to go away like I heard a voice and was like ah, I'm not ready for this but then um, when I got you know years later when I got out of the military and everything I was in a car accident I was t-boned by a truck mm. and I was in this little like red Honda like this tiny like crushable car like it was so tiny mm -hmm. it was, like red I just remember it was old and I was in the driver's seat when I got t-boned and it like snapped the car like it folded the car um like this yeah know. you yeah. know so like it hit it and this is the car and then the car went like folded in on itself um, and the door, like my feet were stuck in the door and the steering wheel and console landed in my lap and like the front part blew up and it was like really, really scary. But I heard this voice that told me that it was literally the same voice that I heard when I was 12. And it said, you know, Matea, don't move. Be still, don't move. So I sat as still as I could. I did not react. And then the car was spinning. It landed in somebody's yard. And then there was oil leaking in the car. And I could smell. It was so scary. And I heard the voice tell me, Matea, get out of the car now. And so miraculously, I pulled myself over the front seat and out the back of the car with all the, door, the doors were locked and the windows were closed, so I don't know how I got out of the car, but somehow they I got out of the car and landed in the backyard of an EMT and a paramedic. Oh my. And I ended up having a broken neck. Oh Lord. <laughs> and like, it was so crazy because they said, if I would have like reacted or moved or got scared, yeah. then I, I could have been paralyzed. Yeah. Oh, so like God totally saved my life and, you know, and then 
I talked to another priest and he told me the secret is what all the saints did to verify if it's the Virgin Mary or Jesus is you say, recite the divine praises because uh-huh. saints cannot praise God. Oh, wow. So if it's God, then he can, to- he will 100% praise the father. If it's the Virgin Mary, she will 100% rejoice and she will know the divine praises. Like that will be the, like, she will be the happiest person on the planet. If you're like, Mama Mary, recite the divine praises. Like she would be like, yeah, blessed be God, blessed be his holy name. Like she'd be so excited. So that's the test. Like if you think you're seeing Mama Mary, you think you're seeing Jesus, you think you're seeing an angel or a saint, you could be, but make them recite the divine praises because Saint Faustina, Saint Teresa of Lazu, many saints were fooled by demons that told them to burn their journals or not listen to a priest or things like that. And they appeared as priests, as nuns, as Jesus, as Mary. So you like you have to test it. You know, the Lord says it's like in the scripture, you have to test the spirit um, and know what you're dealing with. And so if it's if they can't do the divine praises, then, you know, you absolutely know. And all you have to do is say, get behind me, Satan, or, you know, flee from me. Um, and they have to because you have authority of God. Now, if they best like place you could be because you're literally in the place of holiness. Um, so, yeah, so the divine praises is literally my number one thing. Like that, like memorize it. It's like the best thing you could ever do. So, you know, that's my I'm, safety the, net. Is like the divine mercies. Didn't the um, Wiccans try to take that? And, and turn it around to their stuff. Have you heard that before? You're, you're, oh, am I garbled again? Am I garbled? Oh, I still didn't catch it. You're, you're cut. Uh, okay, can you try again? Yeah, just keep talking. I like listening to you. Okay. Well, um, okay. I've just, I don't know. I've, I've had a lot of experiences, um, with just God in my life. I think if I had a message for people, it would be to look at the little things. Um, God is like so deeply in love with you that he cares about the littlest details, like your favorite color that matters to him. Like anything you're like, oh, that's too small for God. That is like, that's his thing. So like, you know, your favorite food, your favorite color, your favorite place. He put those desires in your heart so you could be happy and full wherever he calls you to be. So, you know, if that's your favorite color, then there might be something to it. Um, My favorite example of this that I tell every single person is the story of the cherries. So cherries are my favorite fruit. Okay. Um, And in Montana, there's only one season for cherries. So if you miss it, you miss it. You don't get any cherries. Um, And then there's like the best cherries are flat. They're called flathead cherries. They're only in one place in Montana. And so in 2020, I missed the end of flathead cherry season because I went to adoration instead. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely worth it. Like 100% would do it again. 
And then I was home. I was buying flowers for Mary because that's my thing. I love buying flowers for Mary on Saturday, like Saturdays. That was like my thing. So I go to Albertsons and I pick out a bouquet. And like I like to make my own bouquet, so I like to pick out individual like different flowers. And I even had a beer stein that I painted. It was like a ceramic one, and it had like it looked like the wedding feast of Cana on it. It just reminded me of God's promise that you know He'll always provide. So I just thought it was perfect, a celebration, his first miracle. So anyways, I'm picking out this bouquet to put in this sign that I made for him. And all of a sudden, I get this craving for cherries, like like it was insane, like out of nowhere. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so bummed out. Like I missed the season. And then I get this like feeling in my heart to like go across the street to the coffee shop. Okay, so and this is a coffee shop, not a, not a Walgreens, not a like... It's a coffee shop. So I go across the street and the first thing I see in their display cabinet is a 16 ounce clear, you know, Starbucks coffee cup. Um, but it wasn't Starbucks because we're in Montana, but it was like, you know, a coffee cup that was full of flathead cherries. Wow. So just like, and it was the last one. Mm. So literally single serving, <laughs> only one left and it was flathead cherries. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's for me. Like, Jesus, you totally, you totally read my mind. You knew my heart. Like, and then also, um, I can't eat Chinese food now, but when I was going to school um, and I was studying for a really hard test, Chinese food was like my favorite thing. Like, I always craved Chinese food when I was studying. And so Jesus would send people to my apartment with Chinese food literally and not just Chinese food okay like I'm telling you he knows the details Jesus sent them with in the most exact order ever white rice very specific it was white rice and it was honey walnut shrimp it was super specific and mm -hmm. it honey walnut shrimp even cast it cost extra I don't know if you've ever been to a panda, panda express but it's all of it and white rice is hard to come by because it's usually fried rice. Yeah, I like fried rice myself. Yeah, but white rice, honey walnut shrimp. And I'm telling you, like, people would literally show up and be like, um, I don't know why I got this. I thought of you. Here you go. That's great. Every single time. So one time, I'm driving a friend. She's Protestant, and but she's kind of agnostic. She doesn't really uh, – she accepts that there could be a God, but she doesn't really want to claim it. So I'm telling, and I'm literally telling her this. I'm like, dude, too bad I'm in a car because like, and I was studying for a quiz. So we're driving home. It's five hours from my parents' home back to college. So it's a long way. And we're, I'm like studying for this quiz and I'm craving Chinese food, but I'm like, there's no way I'm in a car. It's not like God can send someone to my apartment. And, but I told her, I was like, you know, God always comes through. And she's like, well, okay. And literally right after I said that, my friend calls me and, the, and we're about to head through this friend's town. So, you know, like when you drive long distance, you go through towns to get to your, okay. So my friend lives in Helena and that's the literally the next town we were going to hit. And she calls me up and she's like, hey, I know you kind of live a ways away, but would you be up for getting Panda Express? And I was like, dude, I'm on my way back to college. Yeah. I'm literally 20 minutes away from 
Helena, absolutely. And then my friend who's Protestant was like, oh my God, oh my God, he wants to answer your prayer. Like, someone literally is giving you Chinese food. Like, I'm like, I told you, like, he comes through. But, um, and it's more than just food, but food's the easiest because it's like something that people don't even think about. You know, like, why would God care if my favorite food is this or I have a craving? But like, it's even more than that. It's like, God cares about people's souls so much, okay, so much that he's willing to send somebody across the world to see you, even if it's only for five minutes. So the trouble it's going to take to get the Christian to accept the call to go from like Denver to like New York is like insane. And then the fact that the only purpose that they're there is literally to see you. And it's only for five minutes. Mm. Like that's how much you're worth it to God. Like he, he will move like mountains and heaven and earth just to meet you, just to love you. And like, that's what I want to do. Like, that's my job. Like my fantasy. Like I want to be God's go person. I want to be the person that God calls up and is like, Matea, I got a person like in Antarctica and they need a hug. And I'm like, okay, I'm on the plane. Yeah. You know? And so like my example with that right now is he called me to do neurology. And I never thought neurology was possible. I actually pulled a Jonah like and a little bit of a Samson. And I ran away from the call for like seven years. I changed my degree plan six times. Wow. And for once, change, you know, I finally changed it to neurology and psychology, but I just couldn't see it. I was like, God, like, I want to be able to reach the most people. So I kept doing nursing. I kept thinking, like, I have to, it has to be practical. You know, it can't be psychology. I got to be crazy. It, you know, maybe he means nursing. So I kept changing different nursing degrees. Like I was in like surge tech. I was in, you know, like all these different nursing degrees. And even then I like slowly got there and I did sociology and then, you know, so then God's like, okay, I got to do this the hard way. So then he has these nuns call me up and they um, invite me to Washington, D.C. And I'm like, okay, so I get to Washington, D.C. I'm living with these nuns and they tell me to apply to this school, Catholic University of America, which I did not know existed like at all. And I'm like, you're telling me that there's a university dedicated to the faith? Like, oh my God. So I transfer and the mother superior tells me to do psychology. And um, I'm like, I'm going to leave it in God's hands. I'm not brave. Like, I'm brave, but like, I'm not that brave. I don't want to be reckless. So I apply for nursing like an idiot. And then the school says, we accept you but we can't let you into nursing. We're full, but we have a psychology program in specifically neuropsychology. So, like only God knew mm -hmm. that. And I got accepted a half an hour later into neuropsychology. And I'm from Timbuktu. I'm from Montana. I'm just yeah. some girl, you know? And like, it was just like insane. So that's, that's how God works. If he can't get you the first time, he'll make a way. He's going to get you. Um, I saw a comment my friend said about 
a homeless guy. I have a really good story about this. So I have a really good story about this. Yeah, we're here. Okay. So, okay. It's like in between life. So in 2020, I um, was still discerning my vocation to be a nun. God called me to the Philippines. I went to the Philippines. That's a whole different story. That was another miracle. It was during the pandemic. Had to get a letter from the president. It was crazy. God got me there. He parted the sea, whatever. I got there, right? While I'm in the Philippines in this cloistered monastery, um, I all of a sudden start getting this call to go to the missionaries of charity. And I'm like, no way. Like, God just called me to the Philippines. I'm called to be a Carmelite. Everyone says I'm supposed to be a Carmelite. The Carmelites say I'm supposed to be a Carmelite. I'm supposed to be a Carmelite. So then I'm like, okay, God, if it really is you, then you have to tell the mother superior and she has to tell me. So literally that week, the mother superior comes up to me and is like, I think you're called to the missionaries of charity. Have you ever heard of them? And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, oh. So then I'm like, okay, you have to tell the mother general, like not just the mother superior, you gotta go the next, both of them have to like tell me. So then the next week, the mother general comes up to me, the abbess, and she's like, okay, she's crying. And she's like, I don't want you to leave. I really, we really love you. We really want you to be here. But she's like, God is really telling me that you're called to the missionaries of charity. Like what, like I heard you talk about that. Like, is that something that you want to do? So then I'm like, oh, okay. So I choose God, always God. So he tells me, so I'm like, okay, confirmation, I'm going to go. So I go home after my visa expires and then I start having this overwhelming fear that what if I can't handle, what if I can't handle it? Mm -hmm. What if it's too hardcore? Because the missionaries of charity work with homeless people and like they work with the like, like the most needy, like um, poorest of the poor people, like people that have not showered in a year. You know, people that are just like, it's not their fault that they're um, repulsive. It's just the nature of the life that they're living. It's, you know, it's so sad. And like, that's always been my heart. Like, I've always wanted to love them. But I'm all of a sudden, I'm having this weird fear of like, what if I can't handle the smell? And like, you know, what if I'm too, because it's been forever since I was in the Navy and everything. And I'm like, what if I got too, um, comfortable in life you know now that i've had such an easy life since the military and everything what if i'm too comfortable now and i actually can't handle it so i'm just wrestling with this fear this overwhelming fear so i go to adoration and i'm in adoration and god tells me to sit by this man and i'm like okay like you say it i'm gonna do it and mm -hmm. so i sat by the guy and i almost threw up like within seconds like it was the worst smell I'd ever smelled in my life. Like just breathing was like, it, like my gay reflexes, it was terrible. And so I was like, oh no. And then all of a sudden I had this love in my heart that just compelled me to hug him. Like I was like, this is Jesus. This is my Jesus, you know? Like Jesus says, if you love the lowest of these, you love me. 
like what you do to them you do to me and i'm literally thinking to myself oh my god this is jesus like he's sitting with me so i hugged him yeah and all of a sudden the most beautiful smell i'd ever smelled in my whole life emanated from this homeless man and i'm telling you everyone thought i like they had to have thought i was on crack because <laughs> hugging him and this like like literally like breathing like as as like much as I can like I'm literally just like like trying to breathe him in because he smelled so good and I kid you not like literally when I sat down I almost puked so I went from almost puking to this scent and it was so insane because I had my bible open in my lap and it just so happened that my bible was open to the book of wisdom where it literally says the scent of wisdom, the scent of Christ. Wow. And it names out all of the different, um, like it's frankincense and cinnamon and, you know, all of these different fragrances. And, um, it, and that's how the guy smelled. When I hugged him, he literally smelled exactly what the Bible says wisdom smells like which christ smells like and i was like oh my god so then it was like god confirmed for me that when i go to work with the most needy people i never have to be afraid of my own human weakness because that's a real thing i mean you have to be honest we're human we're weak like you know you you see blood and guts and maybe one day you can handle it maybe one day you're puking like it's you know, like you, like just because you love somebody doesn't mean you have the physical aptitude to actually help that person, right? So, but God told me, like, I don't have to worry about my own physical inadequacy because God's adequate and God's the one who I'm loving. And so, as long as I'm loving God and it, it's not about myself or looking good in front of other people or just trying to prove myself to God that I'm a good Christian, as long as it's really like I love God, then he is always going to take care of that. So that that's that's the story of that. So I I could listen to you for hours. Hmm. Well it's not me. It's it's just God. Like I I love him and he you know he just wants people to know. And like especially Mama Mary, like if you really think about it, She's like the biggest advocate for him. All she wants is for us to look at him. Like if you look at the rosary, it's all God. It's all about Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's all about Jesus. It's, you know, the annunciation. Okay, but let's just start with joyful mysteries. It's the annunciation. Gabriel's telling Mary, you're pregnant with Jesus, right? That's yeah. all about Jesus. That's about Mary saying yes to the will of God. That's about us learning to trust the will of God. That's all about God. Okay, so then you go to the visitation. And you're like, well, you know, that's all about Mary. That's Mary and Elizabeth. No, that's all about Jesus. Jesus and, you know, John the Baptist left in their mother's wombs. You know, it was all about Jesus meeting John the Baptist and stuff. And presenting, like when you pray that prayer, you're praying, Lord, you know, let me carry you to other people. Let me bear you in my womb to the world you know it's a pre you know it's just beautiful then there is you go the birth obviously that's about jesus i mean he's born it's the birth of christ totally about jesus it's like let you know let you your will be born in me and then you have 
the presentation, again, presenting Christ to the temple, all about Jesus and, you know, about us being presented to Christ and things like that. And then you have finding Jesus in the temple. And I always pray, Lord, may people find him in me. May they, I don't even want people to know me. I just want them to, like, all I want them to know is that Jesus loved them. And this crazy girl with a smile, like, that's it. That's all they need to know is that is Jesus. Like, I want when people think about me to think about him. You know, like, I don't exist. It's just him. And then that's how Mama Mary, that's literally how she is. She ceased to exist. You know, you're praying Hail Marys, but you're praying. What you're praying is, like, the Hail Mary is, you know, Hail Mary full of grace. Well, grace comes directly from God. So you're literally saying Mary full of God. Mm -hmm. You know, blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. You're literally blessing God. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. You know, hey, man, full of God. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Then you go, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Again, it's all about God. Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. You're literally asking her to pray for you to God. The whole thing is God. It's like, help me get closer to God. And um, that's that's literally her vision. And so, uh, and she, that's what a mom wants. A mom wants us to marry the love of our lives. Somebody that is worthy of us. Somebody that we're worthy of. She wants us to be worthy of. And her son is more than worthy. More than worthy of us. And we are made worthy through him. Through his love. His love makes us worthy of him. You know, because he died for us, we are not worthy of him. So it's just like such a beautiful relationship when you realize that the Virgin Mary is literally, like I like to think of her as a moon because the moon doesn't have any light of its own. It reflects the light of Christ. Mm. It only reflects the light of the sun. It has no, it does not have its own glory. So without the sun, if the sun didn't exist, we'd never see the moon. Mm. It would just be a space rock. It'd be invisible, actually. You wouldn't be able to see it. So that is like, I want to be that. I want to be a little moon. I don't want to have any of my own glory. I just want to reflect the love of God. And so, yeah. But um, Did Fran want you to talk about a ring? Oh, uh, well, I have a lot of ring stories mm-hmm. <laughs> with Jesus. So... I'm not sure which one he wants me to talk about, but the first ring story I have was I was like in between, I was like, I've been discerning my vocation for 10 years and I've been in some different orders. So this was like right after I left the first one, um, they were like Franciscans and everything. And I had this ring to show that I had made a vow to God, you know, that I belonged to him. And it was um, a crucifix ring. So it was like a symbol of a crucifix. And I was in mass and I was so overcome with like love for God. It was the only possession I had. I literally did not have any possessions. And so I put the ring in the basket, like the offering basket and offered it to God. as like, this is my only possession. I offer you my vocation. It's the only thing I can give you. It's all I have. It's my most valuable possession. And, and then all of a sudden I started to freak out because I'm like, my mother superior is going to be so upset that I gave away a gold ring. Like I just stuck my ring 
to God in the offering plate. Hmm. And then, so I called her up and confessed like, oh, Mother Superior, I'm so sorry. I gave away my, my promise ring. Um, I don't know what came over me. And then she told me, she's like, well, if God wants you, then you'll get it back. If he doesn't want you, you're out of luck. So I'm like, oh my God, what if he doesn't want me anymore? Like, what if he failed? So the next day I go to mass because, you know, we go to mass every day. So the next day I go to mass and this Portuguese lady comes up to me. She's this elderly Portuguese lady and she taps me on the shoulder. And I thought I had bad breath or stinky armpits because this is like she's Portuguese. So, you know, they're very blunt. Like, you know, they have no problem telling you, oh, you should have brushed your teeth or, you know, go take. Or I don't know, like you never know, right? So I'm all like smell checking myself, like what is it, you know? And then she gets on one knee and she has this Altoid box, this like like tin, this Altoid tin. And she opens it up just like, you know, when the guy proposes to his wife and he gets on one knee and he opens the ring box. Uh-huh. Okay, so she- this old, this elderly Portuguese lady gets on one knee, which is really hard because she was elderly, opens this Altoid container and the ring is in the Altoid container. And uh, I, I had never met this lady before. Like, I have no idea how she knew it was my ring or yeah. how she gave it back to me. She didn't speak one word. I don't know if she didn't speak English or what, but she didn't say a single word. She just opened the Altoid container and I saw the ring and I took the ring back and I was just like in shock. Hmm. So that was, that was insane. So in my head, that was God's version of like letting me know that, you know, he proposed to me. And then um, I have another ring story where um, I, God like asked me to get a diff- a new ring, like a new covenant kind of thing. And so I had this like crown of thorns ring at the time. And um, it was during Easter and I felt called to get this like new ring, but I wasn't sure. And sure enough, I lost my crown of thorns ring at like at church. And then I was like, oh no, this was literally my covenant with God. Like I lost it. It was like so important. I was devastated. I was like, maybe he doesn't want me. And then sure enough, after Easter on Pentecost Sunday, this lady comes up to me and tells me that my ring was in the lilies the whole time. And when she went to throw out the lily, she saw my ring. So my ring ring literally was safe with Jesus, like in the lilies. So then I took it as a sign, like, you know, of like this new God's calling me to this new covenant. So I was like, okay, if you want to give me a new ring, I want you to get it. Like, you have to give it to me. Um, I want it, you know, I need it to be a sign from you. And so I had this dream that, um, like, Jesus and Mary and me, and there's St. Patrick and of Ireland. And um, Jesus, like, Mary is putting my hands in Jesus's hands. And we're getting married, and St. Patrick of Ireland puts the ring on my finger, the new ring. And um, it was just, like, the craziest dream. And this was, like, this time in my life was, like, right after I accepted going to the Philippines to be a Carmelite, um, but before I went. 
And so it was like right after like I got accepted to go to the Philippines. And so I got invited to a Filipino wedding. So I'm with my friend at this wedding. Now we're not, my friend's not the one getting married. It's a whole other couple getting married. We're just there at the wedding. So we're sitting in the, you know, in the church watching them get married. And all of a sudden they're doing the, you know, the exchange of rings and then the consecration of the Eucharist. And at that moment, she starts crying, my friend, who's like right next to me. And she says, I have to give you something. And I'm like, okay, sure. So after mass, we go to her house and she gives me her wedding ring, which was like insane. Wow. And, yes. um, yeah, she told me that she originally planned to give it to her daughter, but God told her to give it to me. And it was my size. It just so happened to be my size. And it was um, 24 karat gold. And like, I'm allergic to metal. Like I can't have any metal, I'm very allergic. And so it has to be gold. And then not only that, it was Black Hills gold. And it was in Black Hills, South Dakota that I got healed. Wow. And, and um, not only that, it was the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. And so it was just like, so powerful it was so amazing Amazing. yeah and then um yeah so that was my other ring story and then now i don't have any rings god's like Mm -hmm. move me past the ring so i'm in a whole new covenant with god but um yeah it's just been like so crazy um what you mentioned you were native american yeah my mom's native american and um i just Found out I'm actually Irish, so yeah. I'm like Irish Native American. So, um, what? Um, I don't even know how to. You know, we grew up saying Indian, and now. Yeah, they, on the I res, on the res, we say Indian. We don't oh, say Native. What tribe then? I'm Chippewa Cree. You're, of your people's from down here. I'm like Canadian Eskimo. Yeah. Like, yeah, north. I'm from the north. Chippewa Cree is from... It's oh, from the I Creek. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Chippewa Cree uh, is... Yeah. Well, it's amazing that you kept mentioning St. Patrick because... Yeah. St. Patrick's Day, I found a St. Patrick coin. Oh, wow. St. Oh. Patrick's Day on my nightstand. No way. And I don't know. I know I know I got you know, I've got coins, but I don't know why it was just there that day. So I'm gonna have to um say well, a prayer you, for you. Definitely and ask Saint Anthony about it. You what? Ask Saint Anthony about it. Saint Anthony, ask him. Yeah, because Saint Anthony is the one that delivered he's like a delivery guy. He like brings um, whatever we need whenever we need it. He that's his his thing. I want him to uh, find my favorite rosary that belongs to my son. And oh, he my son. Are you on Instagram? No, I don't have any social media. You're a blessed woman. Yeah, very very much so. Yeah, but he I borrowed his rosary. And there's a special rosary for him, yeah. and it vanished at mass on uh, is during 
Holy Week two years ago, went to Mass, and it, I don't know where it's at. I don't know if I left it on the pew, if I collected yeah. trash in my car. All I know is I, I went to Taco Bell and ate on the way to Mass, which I know yeah. you're not going to eat right before communion. So, But I figure it'll be an hour before I eat. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I get there, and... I generally pray the rosary during mass. I know people fuss at me for doing that, but that's what I do. And then I don't remember it no more. Well, there's many reasons. Maybe God needed somebody else to have it. It was so special. And maybe somebody stole it, but that's actually a really good thing if they stole it because it means that their heart is seeking God. Like, even though they are in the wrong place, it's like, it's a good sign um i'm always happy if people steal my religious stuff because i'm like oh god please let them get closer to you like whoo like you know we still in anything we could be still in drugs but if they steal a rosary that's a that's a really cool thing um but also like so it could be that like god used his rosary to bless somebody else and also like it god can get it back to you i'm telling you like i was in italy and one of the nuns went to get the mail and she lost the keys to the car. So a stranger brought praying to St. Anthony of Padua, like, St. Anthony of Padua, you got to pray for us. You got to help us get these keys. We need the keys to the car. It's like this poor nun, she's stressing out. So I told St. Anthony to go to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and ask her to intercede. So he goes, so he must have. Because we went back out. You had to have faith. You really actually had to believe you're going to find it or you won't. So we went back out and I'm like, okay, and we're praying the rosary all the way there. And we, and sure enough, there is these two men that are getting in their car at the moment that we show up. And I just so happened. Their phones and they're like, are you mm-hmm. oh really um had taken a picture of the key and posted them on facebook now the crazy thing about facebook is if you're not a facebook friend you're never going to see that post mm-hmm. you can only see the post from your they've really like closed that up yeah so the only way that we would have ever saw that post is if we ran That's amazing. Yeah. I'm going to, look, I'm going to get, I'm going to get in touch with you, and we're going to set up. What? Okay. Okay. Well, I'm. <laughs> I'm going to fire my producer and I'm going to call you, okay? Can you hear me?